You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. That uh, got me fired up in the Lord there. And prayerfully you're fired up for the new year. Paul says something here that really touched me in Philippians. Of course, he had been a Christian for over 30 years and he still sought after God. He says, I want to know Christ in the book of Philippians. But he also says, in thankfulness to the gifts that were given, in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 10, he says this. Actually, in verse 4, I'm sorry. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that's a good thing for Christians to be doing, amen? To be rejoicing in the Lord. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it makes absolutely no sense. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the church said, you know, oftentimes you read the Bible and you think a passage is written because a church or, 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 or there's a situation that actually is going on and that's what the church is doing. But here in Philippi, I mean, a lot of people believe that, hey, the church was so joyful. But truly, the issue was that they weren't joyful. <laughs> and oftentimes the Bible is written to address something that's not going on. And so here we find that Paul, in the midst of getting ready, to be killed. He was about to be taken out. He still was rejoicing in the Lord. Amen. And he tells the church there that they got to rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what has happened. And of course, when you rejoice in the Lord, you have a little joy. Amen. You know, I think last night was a great rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, If you were there, we had one of, I believe, one of our best parties of the year. Uh, Of course, our New Year's celebration. Amen. And uh, it was just a great time for us as family to come on out to rejoice in the Lord together. Uh, we played uh, a bunch of different games. We played musical musical chairs there, musical kingdom chairs. And we were just rejoicing in the Lord. And uh, I won't bring up uh, the competition between Michelle Williamson and, and Jock Grinewald right there. <laughs> we got those chairs together and that music got going and we got the rejoicing I mean it was a competition to see who would get that last chair uh, now now Joe Willis he he, he, he was close in the running there but uh, Michelle and Jock kind of ousted him on out there and of course Jock got the crown of uh, you know the 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 musical chairs kingdom winner there. He's the jock of all trades. Uh, And so we were, of course, encouraged by that. Uh, You know, one of the things this year that I really, truly want to embrace is just being joyful. Is truly being a man who is joyful, not only to the disciples, but allowing my joy, my gentleness to be evident to all, whether they're saved or whether they're lost. And of course, that's what Paul admonished the church on. Is to be joyful. Amen? Amen. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. We've got to go back to the beginning here for today's sermon. And of course, it is a new year. And of course, Paul in Philippians 4 was rejoicing at 
really being close to God, but also for their gifts. And for those of you in the church that know, we took up a four times missions contribution uh, last month. Well, uh, last year. Amen. Uh, we took it up last year, just a few days ago for some of you. You go, I'm still feeling that pinch there. <laughs> uh, but it was great because, again, the Lord blew it out. And we not only hit it, but we superseded giving our four times missions contribution, guys. And that, that, that's a church that's rejoicing in the Lord always. Uh, when you give your most prized possession, your finances. Your finances. And of course, we raise those funds to support missionary work. Hopefully, you're in Genesis chapter 3. You know, the other thing that uh, is really encouraging is to be back together just to sing together. Uh, you know, you can truly tell the heart of a church by its singing. Because the, 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 the singing comes from your heart. You can't manage, that, that, that's not phony. Singing comes from your heart. And we understand the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And prayerfully tonight, you're singing. That you really are singing and rejoicing in the Lord. Genesis chapter 3. We got to go back to the beginning. Because I really believe at the beginning of the new year, you just got to go back to the beginning. And we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 3 here. And this always speaks to me. I read this every year because it really gives me a good template for where I am at. Of course, we understand what happened here in Genesis 2. God came down and he gave the command for man not to go into the, the, the garden there. And then, of course, God made the guy fall asleep. He gave him leadership there. He let him name a bunch of animals. And uh, he sees all these animals and they're not good enough for him. Uh, so God causes the man to fall asleep. He pulls out one of those ribs and, of course, he brings him woman, right? And, of course, we know, that he, you know, a lot of people think, you know, Adam was a black man and everything. And we, we understand Adam was not a black man because the Bible says he pulled out one of those ribs. And, you know, I know Ola Kukoyi and I know, I know some of the black men here and no black man's going to give up his ribs. So we understand that Adam was not a black man. Amen. But nonetheless, in Genesis chapter three, we get to a point, we get to a point where... Hey, they've stopped really listening to God. They've stopped really talking to God. In fact, Adam, his first relationship was not a relationship with a woman. The first human relationship in the Bible was a relationship Adam and God. That was the first relationship there ever was. A relationship with God. And if you don't go back to your relationship with God, you're not truly going back to the beginning and you truly won't find true joy. And so we've got to go back to the book of Genesis because we've got to begin this new year with our relationship with the almighty God. Are you with me here, church? And of course, we've got to look at that. We've got to ask ourselves where we are at. Of course, in Genesis chapter 3, I love this passage here because of course, Adam either has been harsh with his wife either has been not confident with his wife, but nonetheless, he stopped being the leader God has called him, and he stopped washing his woman, his wife, with the word. He stopped giving the commandments of the Lord to his wife, and, and, and dare we say, she's kind of taken on over. But it's called the fall of man, because God called him to lead. Genesis chapter 3. says, Now the serpent was more crafty, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But 
God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Well, if you cross-reference that, you'll see that she doesn't know the word of God. And not knowing the word of God is the beginning of the downfall. Because she misquoted scripture. Verse 4. You will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman. God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And we stop right there. I mean, we come to a time where, where, where Adam and Eve are, they're hiding from God. In chapter 2, the Bible says, hey, they felt no shame. They felt no shame in verse 25, chapter 2. There was no fear. But now they're, they're hiding from God. And God does what, 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 what he does when you open the word of God. He comes down and, 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 and they hear God coming. And of course, it simply says when they heard God, he comes to them and he says, where are you? Now this is the almighty God we're talking about, right? So God knew where they were. Are you with me here? And so it wasn't that God didn't know where they were. The question that he asked them was to help them understand, was to help them to ask the question, where am I? And that's the question we have to ask this evening. Where are you spiritually? Where are you? I've entitled the lesson simply, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. From the beginning of time, God created man to be close to him. To be close to him. And I've read this passage many times. We've talked about it. And of course, God says, where, where, where are you? Trying to get them to ask, hey, where, where are we spiritually? But the thing I never saw, I've, I've read this over and over and over and over. I always go back to it. You got to go back to it. There's always something new if you really search the word of God. If you don't search it, you won't find something new. King Solomon says you got to dig as if it's gold. You got to dig in your Bible and find that nugget. You got to meditate on those same scriptures and find that nugget. You get bo having a boring re a boring relationship with God is sin on your own part. And so I, I went back to Genesis. I said, let me dig, and I just stayed there and I camped out on it. And what's interesting is God asked that, but you know the funny thing that that that, that I thought about. It shouldn't have been God saying, where are you? It should have been them going, God, where are you? It should have been them seeking God. That's, what should, that's the question that should have been asked. I was like, oh man, I never saw that. That they never said, God, where are you? They never started seeking God. And so in that, they were not happy. Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. We're going to go to David, a man after God's own heart. Because we really believe in being a people after God's own heart. 
This evening I want you to ask the question of yourself, where are you spiritually? Not how do you feel, but as it relates to the Word of God. Where are you spiritually? In Psalm chapter 119, we go to David, a man after God's own heart. And of course he wrote this here, and we've read this. Many of us in the church, we, we read this to those who are seeking after a relationship with God. And we, we get them all excited about it, and we inspire them. And, 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 and we say, hey, this, this, this is really what it's all about. And we turn to Psalms 119. And of course it reads as follows in verse 1. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You've laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. See, the Bible really speaks to us here through David. He says, precepts that are to be fully obeyed. So partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. You're not partially saved. You're either saved or you're lost. <laughs> you're not partially married. That's, that's not a kingdom marriage. You're, you're totally married. Are you with me there? You're not partially dating. You're, you're truly dating. That may be some of the dreams of some of the brothers and, 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 and the sisters in our fellowship to be dating. And I'm not going to embarrass TK or anything like that and bring that on up. And You know, last night we, uh, we got a chance to write dreams on balloons. And we let them go to the Lord. And we put different dreams that we wanted the Lord to answer there. And I saw some of the dreams and it was very encouraging. And uh, of course I always give TK a hard time. He's such a great brother in the fellowship. But, you know, here he simply says the precepts of the, uh, of the Word of God are to be fully obeyed. So partial obedience is, 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 is disobedience. You cannot be partially obedient to the word of God. Verse 5. He says, Oh, that my ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. I mean, David just sees his unworthiness. He just says, don't, don't forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? Now that's a good question. How can a man keep his way pure? Don't go on the internet, they'll tell you you're an addict. Don't talk to anybody in the world. They'll tell you you need science, you need this. No, no, no. The Bible says how a man can keep his way pure. And how a woman can keep her way pure. Are you with me here? Because purity is not just the lust of the eye. Purity also is purity of heart. Purity of motives. Bitterness. Things that stop us from being happy. He says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Not knowing it, but living according to it. David says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. David just is meditating. He's knowing the word of God. I rejoice in following your, state, your statutes. As one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. 
I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And the church said, I mean, if this, this doesn't preach to you, you could read Psalms 119 every day and be good to go. <laughs> I mean, I could read that and go, okay, I need, okay, let's, let's go. I, I, I got my answers. He starts off by saying, blessed are they whose ways are blameless. Who seek the Lord with all their heart. Now we understand, blessed means to be happy. To be superlatively happy. And of course, if you are a disciple, and you've received salvation, you receive God's Holy Spirit, then you are saved. Amen? You can get fired up about that. You're saved. Amen? Then you're not going to be saved. You are saved. Doesn't feel like that, but that's what the Bible teaches. You're a disciple, you're saved. But right here, he says... When you see God with all your heart, there's a byproduct. There's happiness. So every single disciple should be happy. And you got to ask yourself tonight, are you happy? I mean, I'm looking at some of the faces. I've got to be honest. I do not see happiness in your heart. And if we go back to the beginning... You got to ask yourself, as we begin this new year, is there true happiness? Are you truly seeking God with all your heart? Are you seeking God with all your heart? Or is it just something we teach other people? You know, it's so awesome when you see someone seek God with all their heart. I remember uh, seeing, seeing Sally get baptized. She was our last baptism of last year. And uh, Sally, you know... What's awesome about that is I, I saw Sally, she's wrestling with scriptures and then Satan's coming after her and she's dealing with persecution and she's just going after it. But, but she, she got baptized and you saw that joy on her face. And, uh, you know, she, she even teared up and, and she just, it's just so awesome to see someone change. Is it not? And we reach out to people and we read these passages and sadly, sometimes we don't believe them ourselves. You know, this is the thing that I really have seen in my own life. Am I truly happy? Am I seeking God with all my heart? I think one of the weaknesses of my last year, because if you're going to have a happy new year, you better look at the old year. Are you with me here? And we'll get to some of the victories. Amen. But I looked at my relationship with God. And I could not look God in the eye and say, I sought after God with all of my heart. And that lended itself to days where I wasn't truly happy. Truly. I'm talking about that happiness that's, that's internal. That, that true joy from the Spirit. Because joy from the Spirit, it's given by the Spirit, right? The fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the Spirit, joy. You can't manufacture it. It's given by God. And I think last year, sad to admit, there were days where my relationship with God, I just, I didn't go after God with all my heart. That, that's, that's just the truth. And I said, you know, this, this year is not going to be the same year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to seek after God with all of my heart. I'm not going to partially obey, have a cranking Bible study, but don't have a cranking prayer. Have a cranking emotional prayer, but you don't go to hear what God has to say about that emotional prayer you had. Those are some of the days I had. And partial obedience is disobedience. So I saw, wow, Michael, you've been disobedient. 
you've been disobedient. You've not been obedient. And you're the preacher. You need to repent. That is sinful. I didn't even want to be honest about it today. And just showing the, 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 the sin in my own heart. And I just realized that, you know, I, I really got to go after my relationship with God. It's got to start there. If I'm going to be truly blessed, it starts with my relationship with God. And I just got to ask you, how is your relationship with God? I mean, you can truly be blessed when you're close. There's nothing like being close to the Lord. Nothing can take you out. You're excited. I remember getting baptized and going down in that water and coming up, having all my sins forgiven. I was just so fired. You could tell me anything. Michael, you have no money. I know, but I am forgiven. <laughs> Michael, you don't have a girlfriend. I know, but I am forgiven. Michael, you don't have this. You don't have this. I said, but I am forgiven. You remember that joy? Yeah. Well, nothing can stop you. You were just fired up. You were just happy that you were saved. Unless you forgot your past sins. If we're going to start this year as a happy new year, it starts with you seeking God with all your heart. It starts with you having a true joy that's come from the Almighty God. Are you guys still with me here? First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. I was so encouraged by that insight there with, with, with Adam and Eve. I just thought, man, they never sought after God. They never did it. They, they never said, God, where are you? And I, I just, I thought, man, it, it just, it just, God just always nails you. It's always about your relationship with God, where you are spiritually. And, uh, you know, they, they, they weren't happy because they weren't seeking God with all of their heart, all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength. And we're going to look at another guy in First John chapter 1. We're going to look at John here and see what he has to say. In verse 5, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Now this is a powerful passage. It's another passage just to highlight where are you? Are you walking in the light? You know the encouraging thing about this because you read it and you go wow that's challenging but the encouraging it's, it's not really a challenge it's an encouraging scripture actually because he, he says if we claim to have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness we lie and don't live in truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us he says you know what it, you can't really truly have true relationships unless you're walking in the light you don't have fellowship with one another or fellowship with God but what's powerful is the fact that he says you'll be forgiven. 
You know, I think one of the things that we, we've got to, in this new year, we, we've just got to be fired up that you can be forgiven as a disciple. We've got to be fired up about the grace of God. I think some of us are just not, not, not. We, we, we either have the wrong mindset or, or we don't understand that you can be forgiven as a disciple. That's why you're a disciple. But I know for me as a young Christian, I started being more afraid of people like Adam and Eve. More afraid of what they thought. And I didn't want to truly walk in the light. And I was not happy. I was miserable in the kingdom. That, that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. To be miserable as a disciple. <laughs> and the misery started with my relationship. I stopped walking in the light. I stopped being happy. Partially because I thought people won't like me anymore. People won't believe in me. People won't care for me. And I remember getting open about the most wicked of sins. And seeing the disciples wrap their arms around me. Pray with me. Love up on me and help me do well with the Lord. You know, if we're going to be a church, if we're going to be a family that truly does great things for the Lord. When we fall down, when we sin, we got to be there to help each other get back on up. And we as disciples, we, we, we just got to walk in the light. In the book of Hebrews, it says, step on up to the throne of grace. He says, come on up to the, to the you just go on up there. Sometimes you just got to step up to the throne of grace. I need some forgiveness. And just get gut level open about your weaknesses. And the cool thing about this passage is he says, God, long, he will forgive you. If that's God, how much more so should that be us? We should be a forgiving people. We should be a forgiving people. Point number one. Turn to Psalm chapter 51. Let your heart be cleansed. You know, if you're going to have a happy new year, <laughs> you got to get your heart cleansed on out. It's got to start with the heart. I mean, the heart is the seat of all the action, is it not? The heart is where everything begins and it ends. And dare we say, the battle within determines the battle outside. The battle, how you deal with your own heart determines all those other battles. You don't deal with your heart, you're in trouble. And of course, David, a man after God's own heart. We see how he dealt with his own heart. In Psalms chapter 51. Let your heart be cleansed. He says this. Verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. You notice that? God's love is unfailing. We, we just got to believe that, church. God's love is unfailing. Now, people, they fail on you. They, they mess up on you sometimes. But God's love is unfailing. He loves you. And that's, that's actually a sensitive subject for some of us. Because the way we view God is how we view our past. How we view our past relationships. How we do view our, our parents, our, our, our mother. And for me, hey, listen, I was abandoned at the age of 13 years old. So I had a distorted view of God. I thought, if I mess up, oh my, oh my goodness. God's going to take his... God. And so I was afraid, often. 
And it wasn't until I came into the kingdom where I was loved, not for my talent, but because I love God. And that unified us, that it helped me in those areas. Are you with me here, church? He says, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. I know my transgressions. I mean, that's a sermon right there. (laughs) He says, I know my transgressions. Do you know your transgressions? Do you even know what steals your joy? Do, do you even know? I mean, that's why we have discipling in the church, is it not? We get together and we, we, we get open about all that stuff just to get it out. Not to just dwell on it, but to get it out so we can move on. So we can have that true joy. Are you with me here? And often we need other people to point out our transgressions. It says, my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified. When you judge, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inmost parts. And what are the inmost parts? The heart. It is your inmost part, your human heart. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop. I'll be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. I love this here. David is just asking for his heart to be cleansed. And of course, we understand what happened here. This is, of course, after the Bathsheba incident where he was unfaithful to God, the king of Israel. And in so many different ways, all of us were unfaithful to God. How we lived in our past. And if we're not truly obeying God, we're being unfaithful. And David's heart was Lord cleanse me with his cleanse me and I'll be clean. David just wanted wanted to be clean. He just wanted to be cleaned on up. That 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 was his heart. He wanted to get it on out there. So that he could truly have that true joy in his relationship with God. You know, if we're gonna have a happy new year we got to let our heart be cleansed. we got to let our hearts be cleansed, guys. You know, I'm excited to go to, to Los Angeles, not only just to see our brothers and sisters and all of that, but, but, but just to get some good heart cleansing. Just to get my heart cleansed on out. To sit down and just say, bro, here's, here's where I'm falling short. Now, I, I got my brothers here and everything, but, you know, sometimes it's good to have somebody who's not been around you just to go, bro, I see that in your heart. I see that in your heart. And just to to get in your heart. And so we're excited about that. I'm excited about that. Because I really want to have a happy new year. I want this year to be happy. And I want to start with my relationship with God. And I want to to encourage, I want to inspire you to start, start there. Start with your relationship with God. And let your heart be cleansed. You say, well, what, what does it need to be cleansed? I mean, there's so many things that pollute our hearts. There's so many things. Whether it's the lust of the eye, whether it's bitterness, things that have happened to us in our past, things that don't make sense, things that, 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 that have damaged you. 
that God has allowed. And we in the church, we understand that God is sovereign. That means everything in your life that's happened, either God allows it or he makes it happen. And if you don't get into the word of God, you won't know why he's allowed some of the challenges in your life. The world will give you all kinds of answers. Sadly, they'll say God isn't the one. But there are many things that can contaminate our heart. Lust, bitterness. But not just the lust and the bitterness. One of the things that can really kill your heart is knowing the good you ought to do and not doing it. You know what I mean? Because after a while you become a disciple, you, you figure it out, man. You know, oh, okay, the song's coming. I better sing. Uh-oh. And you, you put on that smile and you, you're there. And that heart is just pounding because you know there's some stuff in there. You just, you know, and you're pretending. And, okay. And, have my church. and you go home and you're, and you're a different person. You're a different person. You're not sharing your faith. You're not, you're not going after it. Because you don't have that true joy that, that's come from God. Not the joy that's manufactured. But the, the, I'm talking about the joy from God. From being forgiven. From being right with God. And I believe we need to experience God's grace on a daily basis. That's why we need to confess our sin. So you feel his grace and you go out and you go to work again. Are you with me here? David wanted his heart to be cleansed on out. And I think one of the things we, we got to guard from this year is knowing the good we ought to do and just not doing it. Things like evangelism fatigue. You ever struggle with that? Just tired of sharing your faith. Not that you don't want to do it. You're just tired of doing it. Because you know you got to give all your heart. And they may say no. But because you're grateful for the Lord, you don't, you don't do it for that. You just want to sprinkle that seed. Knowing that the Lord will make it grow. We've got to ask ourselves a few questions this evening. Do you want to have a happy new year? Do you want to let your heart be cleansed? Do you truly want to let it be cleansed? If you're going to have a happy new year, you've got to start with your heart. Psalms 51, verse 8. Look at what David says here. He says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. David realized there was a time when his spirit was steadfast. But he prayed to God to renew that same steadfast spirit. Don't cast me from your presence. Or take your Holy Spirit from me. I mean, David feared God, did he not? He knew God could take his Holy Spirit away from him. And of course, this teaches a very simple principle. Once saved, not always saved. We believe that. We know that you, can, you don't get saved once and you're saved forever. God can take his Holy Spirit away. But we also know that once sold out, not always sold out. Once radical, not always radical. Once committed and not always committed. Got to get that heart cleansed on out. Verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Point number two. Only God can restore your joy. Only God can restore your joy. He simply says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. David just wanted that joy back. He just wanted to be fired up again for the Lord. 
And it started with him dealing with his relationship with God. You know, the dictionary defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Great pleasure and happiness. I mean, is that how you view your relationship with God? You take great pleasure and happiness in prayer. You take great pleasure and happiness in reading your Bible. You take great pleasure and happiness in sharing your faith. I mean, you want to be on fire for the Lord. I mean, I was touched the other day. I, I, I sat down with, 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 with a young man. Well, he's not, he's not so young, but his name, is, his name is Paul. Paul Tunbridge. And Paul got baptized about 20 years ago. He's, he's here with us today. And uh, Paul, Paul is just a fiery little guy. And, he, and, and he's so humble. He's just conf- First thing, we, he sits down and he starts confessing his sin. I'm just like, whoa, man, I trust this guy. I mean, someone who doesn't confess their sin, I mean, it's hard to trust. They're not walking in light with you. It's hard to wonder if how the relationship with, with, with God is. Are you with me here? And so Paul just starts getting open about his sins. And, and I was there. Jock was there. And we're, we're talking like, whoa. And Nick, Nick Dolly was there. And he's just getting open. And then we started getting the scriptures and, and encouraging one another. And, and then Paul just says, I just want to be, I want to be boiling point again. I want to be on fire for the Lord again. I just want to be on fire. I want to boil. And he was doing this. And we're in the cafe. And I'm like, okay, Paul. Hey, man, calm down, Paul. What's going to Okay. He, he was getting me boiling by wanting to be boiling. You know? And I just go, wow. This is a guy who just, he, he just, he wants that. He wants the, the, his joy restored. He wants to be back fired up for the Lord. And it inspired me. I mean, do you want to be on fire for God? Where nothing can stop you. I mean, that, that, that really is what it's going to take, guys. It's going to take God to restore your joy. And He can restore your joy if you allow your heart to be cleansed. You know, I remember last year, and of course, we had so many different miracles last year. Uh, I remember uh, the joy of. Denise Giuliani placing membership with us, but it was, now it's Denise Kukoyi. She's on over there, amen. Uh, I remember Nick Giorgio placing membership with us and the joy on his face. Uh, I remember Yuri Zykov placing membership with us. The German and uh, the joy on his face and, of course, the church. I remember Dale, hey, just what, a few weeks ago getting restored to the Lord, amen, and the joy on his face. I remember seeing the Turner sisters come fiery, bouncing on into the kingdom there. And of course it was Serena Turner. She just was on fire for the Lord. She went to the GLC and then of course her fire made her sister get on fire and then we got Leanne Turner in the kingdom. I remember Kia Pope and, and seeing Kia when we, we used to meet this way here, okay? And Kia was standing up there and she's just going to town and she's laying it out. I'm like, man, this, this girl, she, she's on fire for God. And of course, her sister becomes a disciple as well, Catherine. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we just had so many incredible miracles last year that, 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 that brought great joy to our hearts. I remember Jamil, you know, and him standing on up there. And you know, he's a handsome guy that Jamil is, you know. He's got that smile, he's got that humility about him, and he just he just stands on up there and you know, he's just fired up for the Lord. He's persecuted, he's fired up. The church with his his college, they wanted to kick him out for being a disciple, and, and, and he just still fired up about the Lord. He just it, fire on fire. I remember that. You remember all those miracles, guys? Me and Michelle were talking about it and it's about 30 editions we had. 
last year. We doubled in membership. And it was it just it just awesome. What else happened last year? End of March, we gave 16 times as a church. A few months later, we gave eight times as a church. And of course, we got Blaze and Patricia Fumba. And then of course, here in December, we just gave another four times as a church. That's 28 times as a church, guys. And I believe that's because there was a joy there at being saved, at being right with the Lord. But sometimes your joy can fade. And you forget the miracles, you forget what God did, you forget the, you forget the time when, you, when all the brothers, you forget the, 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 the Regents Canal baptisms, and you, you forget the miracles. You remember those Regents Canal baptisms? Yeah. Colton got cut up on one of them there. <laughs> and you can forget. You need your joy restored. How joyful are you as a disciple? I want you to start this new year being joyful. And you can tell your maturity as a disciple by what steals your joy. I mean, that really tests your maturity. What is it? That, I mean, that, that really is a good nugget to focus on to understand where your relationship with God is. Whether it's money, your marriage, worries, good things. Maybe it's the good things that happen. And you see, sometimes you got to forget the past. Not only the bad things, but the good things. Because you can look back like it was so much better back then. And you start living in the past. You know, I still think I'm an athlete. Yeah, I, I do. And I got to admit, you know, the other day there was the orange there. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I went out with little Michael Adrian. I've been working with him playing basketball. And he's just, he runs all over the place. And I, I tried to do a little move. I almost tore my knee there. And I didn't want him to know about it. And he was like, Dad, you okay? I'm like, yeah, son, I'm fine. Back off. I'm fine. Just here. You know, pass him the ball. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I think I'm getting older a little bit here. And, uh, yeah, but then the other day, the, you know, the orange was there. And uh, it was going to fall off the, off the counter. And I caught it. <laughs> I still got it right there. <laughs> okay, maybe I still do have it right there. You know, and you, you, you just, you, you, I felt like I had it there again. But I think, I don't even know what I meant by that and where I was going with it, but. <laughs> I'm getting old there, yeah. Are you joyful? Are you happy in your relationship with God? Only God restores your joy. Only God restores your joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. One of the things that gave me joy as a disciple was going on great dates. Now we understand joy comes from God. But you also get joy from being around your different brothers and sisters, going on great dates. I mean, it, it was incredible. Me and Michelle, we, we started going on dates, and we would have quiet time competitions. I mean, she would be sharing her quiet time, and I'd be like, oh, really? Oh, you read that, huh? Well, let me show what the Greek says over here. Let me show you what I... And we'd go back and forth. That 
be the whole date. We're just going back and forth on our quiet times. Then we get home and I call her up and tell her I had another quiet time. This is what I learned and this, that, and the other. It almost got sinful at one point. But we were just fired up to go on dates. You know, this year, we, we need to have some singles going on some cranking kingdom dates. We need to have you going on some great dates so you can have some joy. And having fun. I mean, some of you, some of you guys, you just you don't have enough fun. I just look at you, I'm like, man, when we were single, we were having fun. We were doing dance parties, we were going out, we were having dinners, we were having fun. And for you singles, you, you got to have some fun. I want to challenge you this next year to have fun. I mean, that's a challenge. I want to challenge you to start having fun. I mean, a boring, a, a, an unfun life is just, it's just, boring Christianity is your fault. It's your fault. I can't wait to see the dating couples that are going to happen this year. Who's going to wind up dating this year in the London International Christian Church? Who's going to get that joy and build that pure relationship with that brother and that sister? And start dating. I mean, who's it going to be in the singles ministry? And of course, when I say single, I mean anybody who's not married. And speaking of marriage, you know, marriage, you need to go on dates too. I mean, I love this little bit of break. I got a chance to go on a date with my wife and it was awesome. And I just went, man, here again, we need to go on more dates. God can bring the joy back, but I do get joy from going on dates with my wife. I mean, husbands, when's the last time you took your wife on a date? (laughs) Oliver? Was Was that you, my brother? Through the mouth of babes. Okay, amen. We need to go on dates. We need to fire each other up. And receive joy from each other in that way. Are you guys with me here? Last point. Chapter 51, Psalms. Verse 13. When God restores your joy, then you have the vision to be used by God. You have the vision to be used by God. Verse 13. He says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways. All that stuff that happened before leads up to this. The cleansing of the heart. The getting the joy from God. That leads up to the conversion of souls. And oftentimes we think we start here. We just want to convert people. Are you with me here? We don't want to let our heart be cleansed. We don't want to get our joy from our relationship with God. But we sure do want a miracle. We sure do want to stand up and, and do that. But here he says... Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God. The God who saves me. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure... Make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. See, you see the increase comes after you deal with the heart. Since then there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your altar 
And we stop right there. Right here we have David highlighting a man after God's own heart. That if things are going to increase, if you're going to teach transgressors God's ways, you got to deal with all that other stuff beforehand. And I really believe, I think there are many miracles last year, but I think towards the end of the year, I think, I think we kind of got out of whack with that. And we were trying to teach transgressors, but we weren't letting our hearts be cleansed. We weren't getting that true joy from God. We wanted that joy from a miracle or, or whatever it was. You fill in the blank for whoever, for whatever it was for you. But David, a man after God's own heart, as I study this, I go, wow, th- th- this is where you first you got to deal with your heart. You got to do that. Then you got to get joy from God, and that joy from God will motivate you to go on out and teach transgressors his ways. You'll have the vision to be used by God. You know, the cool thing about being a disciple is you're valuable. You're valuable. Every disciple is valuable. Every single disciple has a purpose. Every single disciple will touch somebody that the other disciple cannot touch. He will motivate. He will touch. He will, he will, he will, he will inspire. She will inspire. And that fired me up when I became a Christian. That God could use somebody like me who was so sinful. I mean, that was the vision that God gave, that Jesus gave the first disciples. He didn't say, come follow me and I will save you. He didn't say that. He said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Mark chapter 1. The first thing God gave was the vision. He says, I I, I want you to be someone. I want you to change the world. How are we going to change the world? We're not going to change the world by by money or or, or fire. We're going to change the world one soul at a time. That's how the world will be changed. I was reading the BBC in in an article and it was talking about, uh, the Archbishop uh, was talking about different things that need to change in the UK. And he was talking about the sad fact that the young people here uh, just have no vision. And some of the words that he said... Of course, this is the Archbishop uh, uh, of Canterbury. He's the uh, um, principal leader of the Church of England. And he says, uh, says, the disturbances are really sad because the ways that adults are act- the ways that adults are actually treating these children are sad. The adults are not facing the truth. We're demonizing these young people and not coming up with solutions and visions for them. Society as a whole has benefited from our efforts to engage with young people. But these young people truly have not benefited so that we have seen a growing fruit. And of course, this is a guy who, who, who biblically, isn't truly right with the Lord. Yet he sees that vision will do something. And of course, we understand here in London, the great riots that were here and the, the, the fire. I mean, that, that is still something I remember from last year. And I really believe those young people just, they didn't have vision. They had nothing. They had nothing. They're bored. That's when you do most of your sins, you're bored. You have anything to do, you're bored. You just go, okay, maybe I'll try this. I remember the first time I lit a match. I was bored. (laughs) And I really believe this next year, it's our job to hire young people. To put the vision of the gospel in a lot of the young people's hearts. You know, I, I'm so encouraged seeing Ashley up here sing today. You know? It just fires me up. 
I, I love Jerome Bible Man. I mean, he's a young guy who calls himself Jerome Bible Man. I mean, how do you get a young person to call himself Bible Man? I mean, it's like, I mean, that's awesome, man. You go on his Facebook, Jerome Bible Man. It's just like, come on. Jerome is one of our most consistent givers in the church. And he's a teen. I mean, that, that, that is awesome. These are young people with vision. Do you have vision for the young people here in London? Do you have vision for the young people here in the church? Do you have vision for yourself? Do you believe you can be used by God? See, one of my visions, one of my hopes for this year to have a happy new year, I, 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 want, I want to hire more young people. I want to hire some young people. I mean, we, we just need some young interns. They're not working at Starbucks. They're working for the London International Christian Church. And all they're doing is making disciples. And I really believe by faith, by the end of April, we'll have three young people that will be hired. I believe so. Right here in this church. Hi there, Kia. Good to see you. Hi, MJ. How are you? Hi, rest of you young people. It's going to take sacrifice though, guys. It's going to take sacrifice on our parts. It's going to take vision. It's going to take vision on our parts. So that we can truly see London evangelized. I mean, don't you want another Jerome Bible man in the church? You know, maybe, maybe an Irish one though. You know, not, you know, we got the, maybe an Irish Bible man there. Or, you know, or an Asian. Don't you, don't you want another MJ in the church? You know, don't, don't you want another Kia? Don't you even want another Yuri Zykov in the church? We need another Yuri. Now let me tell you something. One of the young people I love to death because he doesn't quit is my brother Dapo King. Dapo King has been through heck and high water. And he just will not. You know, a true disciple you can't get rid of. You just cannot get rid of them. They're just, they're just hard line. It's in there. It's implanted. It's on the hard drive of their heart. I am a disciple. That's Dapa. I mean, he just, he just, you know, we had a great talk yesterday. And he said, you know, Mike, you, you said a few things. I, I don't know if I, what you mean by it. Just very, very, very humble in, in his approach to me. And I said, you know, may, maybe you're right about that, Dapa. Maybe I could have done this different or said that. And I just thought, this young man is going to do something. He's going to do something. I mean, don't you want another Dapa? We need another Dapo in the church. Maybe he'll be Asian though or something like that. Vision to be used by God. What are your goals this year? If you don't have any vision, if you don't have any goals, it's just like they say, if you don't have any goals, you'll hit it every single time. You'll hit it every time. I want to challenge you to get some vision for yourself. I want to challenge you to get a goal. I'm not just, and this is a challenge for everybody who's here. What are your spiritual goals for 2012? What do you want to do for the Lord? What is your vision? You say you don't have any vision? Get with someone who has vision. And allow them to inspire you. You can be used by God. You know, my vision right now, of course, uh, we're going to go to the winter workshop. And I want to get my heart work done before I start too much visionary thinking. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, but when we get back, of course, we will be going over the prayer goals for the London National Christian Church, what we plan on doing this year. But I can tell you one thing already. 
that's already on my heart. I want us to double in size in 2012. I think we can double in size in 2012. I want us to hire ourselves five brand new interns that are working for the church by this summer. Amen? I still have the vision of a whole French-speaking service at the London National Christian Church there. Amen? Where we have another service going on in French. We need to raise up a singles leader here in London. Of course, that's a brother who leads with a sister. Amen. We need to start a teen fellowship here in London. Where we have teens raise up and a leader raises up so we can baptize more teens. You can be used by God. To have a happy new year, guys. I want to inspire you. I want to ask you. I want to challenge. I want to persuade you to let your heart be cleansed. Get with the person who disciples you. Get with the person who brought you on out and cleanse on out your heart. Just get it on out. God is going to forgive you. Are you with me here? And let God be your joy. Let God, let, let God be what really gives you that great joy. The fact that he forgives you. And we know what Paul says. Because Paul was forgiven, he worked harder than all the other apostles. That's the fruit of it. See, when you're forgiven and you know it, you, you work hard. And lastly, I want to inspire you to have vision to be used by God. You know, I stand before you, a man who, again, 13 years old, I was abandoned. Never known my father. Truly didn't have as close a relationship with my mother that I wanted. Because of those weaknesses led me into sins that are shameful and embarrassing to mention. And God has stooped down to get me and have me standing before you today. If I can change, anybody can change. I want to inspire you and challenge you to have vision this new year. Happy New Year. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one